When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com. For coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged episode 344. Um, I'm really excited about this week's podcast, all of them actually. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Dr. Dish, the shooting machine for the 21st century. I'm just telling you, you've heard me talk about it for, I don't know, three or four months at this point. It hasn't changed. Um, it's going to help you win more basketball games. So go over and check it out. Make sure you mention Coach Unplugged and they'll give you $300 off your next purchase. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. I'm, I'm going to tell you from the person who runs it, who owns it, who's the mastermind or the puppet behind it. I'm working on a lot of really great courses that you're not going to want to miss. Things that are going to help you become a better coach, win more basketball games, learn how to deal with parents, get your kids to play harder. You name it, we're putting it in the community. There's already hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of video and resources. So go over and check it out. Join our community. Um, yeah, so go check that out. and We'll, we'll be very excited to have you as a member. Um, one-on-one calls, office hours, everything like that. So go over and check it out, and uh, let's head off to the podcast. Okay, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm very excited today to bring the author of a book I just read called The 21st Century Basketball Practice. I've had the opportunity to read several books by uh, this author. The author's name is Brian McCormick. Uh, He has a PhD. He is a head basketball coach at uh, basketball women's coach at Broadway College in Florida. Uh, He's coached all levels around the world, and he is the author of, I believe, 16 books. But today we're going to really be talking about the book that I just completed. I think it's very innovative for all levels of basketball. And so uh, our guest today is Brian McCormick. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. 
Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, your journey is very, very, very long. Uh, can you just give a quick synopsis? And I, I know, like, you probably could talk about, we could probably have three or four podcasts just about your your basketball journey because you've been all over the world. But maybe just a quick, maybe two to three minutes about, you know, your involvement and what you've done with the game of basketball so far. All right, sir. Um, I guess I, I started out, um, you know, I coached. Uh, I guess like fifth and sixth grade, like CYO, um, Catholic Youth Organization, uh, while I was in college and then moved up and then started AAU and then did high school. And once I graduated college, I started coaching college and then uh, went overseas, coached in Sweden for a year, came back. Um, I did the individual training stuff for a while. Um, then I got back into high school coaching. Um, then I went over to Ireland and coached a men's team in Ireland, came back, um, got back into, I think I was back into high school coaching then. Um, then I decided to go get my PhD. Um, while I was getting my PhD, I coached high school uh, boys, and then I uh, um, worked with a junior college doing strength and conditioning um, for Salt Lake Community College. And when I finished my PhD, then I went to Denmark and coached a men's team in Denmark. Uh, and then when I came back from that, uh, I wasn't coaching for a year or two. I, just, I was kind of consulting with a couple teams and stuff. Uh, and that's when I wrote, um, five of those books. Uh, and then I moved down to Florida and I coached high school for a year. And then, uh, the opportunity came up to coach uh, the junior college team where I am now. Awesome. So you've been, you've been all over, all over the world coaching the game of basketball. That's awesome. Um, and so, um, I've read, uh, 180 degree shooter and I've also read, uh, developing basketball intelligence, which I, I, I thought were two really great books, but, um, this book that uh, I read, um, the 21st century practice is just awesome and just really made me think about me as a coach and I've coached all levels from uh all the way from third grade all the way up to junior college experience so it made me really think a lot so um my first question is and man I could have asked a hundred million different questions but you know, I try to narrow them down to some to key questions that I have and kind of about the book and what people can get out of it and maybe learn a little bit something from you today is what what's the why and what behind uh, you know the creation of 21st century practice the book uh, I think the the why is you know every time that I've written a book going back you know, kind of considering, like, you know, crossover, uh, the new model of youth basketball development is kind of my, you know, first real book. Um, every time I, I, you know, from that point, people have asked for like more specific things about, you know, you know, well, what, what about shooting? So then there's a shooting book. And what about like individual skill development? So there's an individual skill development. What about, you know, teaching screening and stuff like that? And that's a little bit what developing basketball intelligence is and stuff like that. So, um, you know, as I moved on, you know, and after I finished my PhD and head coached over in Europe again, you know, uh, in the last five, six, ten years, you know, there's been a lot, you know, well, you know, we need to develop players like Europe. We need to do, you know, stuff like Europe and blah, 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 you know. And, and so, um, you know, I think there was this idea that practices are different or, you know, drills are different or so on and so forth. Um, and so, uh, you know, I guess the why of that book was was – just to concentrate on practice, you know, I, I, you know, as a coach, uh, you know, practice to me is where we have the most uh, impact. Um, you know, it's potentially the most important part of our job, um, you know, at least in terms of the basketball part. Uh, and so, you know, looking around, there's a lot of books that cover drills and there's a lot of books uh, that cover, you know, offenses or defenses or strategy. And, 
and uh, stuff like that. You know, you can go on YouTube and find a million plays. Right. Um, you know, if you search hard enough, but uh, there's not a lot, you know, kind of on, you know, why are we doing these drills? You know, and, and uh, you know, to get to the what, you know, what drills should we be doing and then why should we be doing them and, and why are some of the things that we tend to do maybe not the best things uh, to be to be doing and, and maybe we're not getting the best results and, you know, how can we uh, best affect performance, um, you know, and best impact learning in players, you know, if, especially, you know, at the developmental level and I would say that most of my you know, books are geared towards the developmental level, which, you know, I kind of consider anything up through, you know, at least junior varsity, if not varsity high school basketball, or, you know, using age groups up through, you know, under 17, under 18s. Right. Um, you know, development and learning, uh, you know, sh- to me is, should be the emphasis. And, and I don't think we spend enough time thinking about learning outcomes uh, and how children learn and how best to set up uh, or design practices uh, to enhance that learning. And so I guess that was kind of, uh, you know, the impetus behind the book. Yeah, it's almost like, an, it's almost like um, you know, Coach Collins and I, that we, we run this podcast together. You know, we're both teachers. It's almost like, it was almost like the book is geared to almost like the pedagogy of basketball, you know, like lesson plan, the objectives. And it's, it's a way different thought of thinking and being more effective. And, you know, that every chapter just provides different things that people and coaches can take out of it and just really get their gears kind of set of almost building almost a coaching identity in the sense too, as I, I read the book. Um, my next question is what makes 21st century model different from maybe a traditional model that most coaches are familiar from coaching? Uh, I would think, well, I think the first part of it is, uh, the 21st century model in a lot of ways to me is kind of a return to how I believe many coaches coached, uh, in kind of earlier days. I know I've heard some, from some people that, you know, Bob Knight's practices had a lot of similarities with what I'm talking about yep. uh, in the book. Um, so, uh, you know, in some ways, the title was a tongue-in-cheek kind of title. Um, But, you know, I think when people, at least when I think of, you know, quote-unquote traditional practice, you know, I think of a lot of block practice. So, you know, we're going to start out, you know, we're going to do, you know, I mean, if you look at a fairly standard practice, uh, you do some kind of warm-up activity, usually, you know, either dribbling or passing, oftentimes a three-man weave or some derivation of that. you know, and then there's, you know, lots of teams will then go and do something like a zigzag drill, you know, and then you're going to do uh, something like the shell drill to work on your, you know, half court defense. Then maybe we'll break down, do a little press break work, uh, you know, and then we're going to work on our 5 on offense. Um, and then, you know, interspersed in there, we're going to do a couple shooting drills, you know, then we're going to shoot a block of free throws, you know, maybe we'll do that as our conditioning. So we'll, you know, everybody shoots, and if you miss, you run, or something like that. Um, and then at the end, maybe we'll uh, bring it all together with, you know, a five-minute scrimmage, and then we'll go home, you know. Um, and so <clears throat> within that, um, you know, one, there's a very kind of linear progression that we're going to build, you know, simple skills to ending with, you know, the game or the more complex skill. Uh, and then two, um, there's – Every, every skill is separated out, 
So we work on passing separately from anything else. We work on shooting separately from everything else. Um, whereas in the game, everything comes together. You know, you can't really separate shooting from the past. You know, if, if I'm going to shoot, I can't separate my shot from either the dribble move or the, the catch that I receive, the cut that I make, you know, how I use the screen, you know, uh, what our strategy on offense is, what, you know, what our goals are, uh, what's the score, what's the time, how my defensive players play me, like all these things are a part of shooting. Um, but when we practice it, we just look at, okay, well, you know, we run the flex offense and so we shoot from the elbow. So we're going to take elbow jump shot, um, you know, and so we're just going to do, you know, a five minute shooting block of shooting from the elbow. because That's where we take shots in the game. Um, and to me, those are two completely different things. Um, and so, uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting at with the 21st century is, is evolving into uh, practice that's more representative of how our skills are used in the game. Right. And then instead of the typical, I think the typical way to make things quote unquote easier for players who aren't good enough yet or a developing player or a beginning player, et cetera, is we eliminate everything, you know? And so we, we say, okay, well, you know, I've got 10 year olds, they're not very good. So I'm going to put everything in its little box. I'm going to practice passing and only passing so we can concentrate only on passing, you know, without defense, anything. Um, and so that's how we're going to improve our passing skills. But that's not what happens in a game. And so the transfer from that drill to the game is minimal. Um, and so then we make the same mistakes in the games. And so then we do instead of five minutes of this passing drill, now we're going to do 10 minutes because we need to practice more of passing. But the problem isn't necessarily that we didn't spend enough time. The problem is how we're actually practicing that. And so instead of eliminating uh, all the you know variables that that account for mistakes or the, the variables that are involved in within a game, uh, we want to si simplify. And so you know one of the things I talk about in the book is the difference between the scale of simple to complex and um, easy to hard. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, tasks are based on uh you know a scale of simple to hard so if i'm doing uh an individual drill you know a stationary let's say a stationary ball handling drill uh that's a very simple drill now i could create a stationary ball handling drill that's very hard for me to do especially if i'm a young player you know and and you can find all of those on youtube right so i could you know dribble a basketball while i'm you know juggling tennis balls you know, that's hard to do. Um, and it's slightly more complex than, than uh, you know, dribbling one basketball because you'd have multiple balls involved. Um, but without moving and without any external um, constraints, it's still relatively simple compared to dribbling in a basketball game where I have to account for nine other players. Um, you know, I have to make decisions with the ball, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, there – the difference then is, you know, um, easy to hard is based on the individual. Something that's easy for me might be hard for you. Something that's hard for you might be, you know, something that's easy for you might be hard for me. You know, like, you know, uh, a free throw is a free throw. Um, you know, the, the complexity of that does not change. But it's a lot harder for some players than it is for others. Right. Um, you know, and, you know, a young player, a 10-year-old, uh, shooting on a 10 foot hoop with uh, men's basketball is going to have a lot harder time <laughs> shooting a free throw than an NBA player. Right. You know, because of, you know, various size, strength, et cetera. Um, but 
the free throw is the same, you know? And so in terms of the complexity of the shot, it has the same complexity, whether I'm shooting it or whether an NBA player is shooting it or whether a 10 year old beginner shooting it, but the difficulty changes based on that individual. And so typically we, we don't look at the task. We, we base it on the individual. So if I struggle to dribble in a game, you know, let's say, you know, last game I had a bunch of turnovers and my coach decided that my turnovers were because, you know, maybe I don't dribble. He thinks I don't dribble with my head up. Um, so instead of simplifying the tasks, so maybe we play a three on three game or maybe we play two on two or maybe we play three on two, you know, um, where I'm dribbling the ball against defenders and having to make the decisions, you know, and having to get my head up and find an open player. But because it's three on two, you know, so I know that somebody's open and it makes it easier for me right. um, to, to be successful. Instead of doing that, we're going to eliminate everything involving the game and say, oh, you, you don't dribble with your head up. So uh, we're going to have you stand still and dribble. And I'm going to put up numbers in front of you to make sure that your eyes are up. And then I go in the game and now my head, my head's going to be down again because the reason my head's down probably isn't because I can't bounce the ball. It's because... Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. A couple things you could do to help us out over at Coach Unplugged. First is you could go over and subscribe and like. We would really appreciate that. That really does help us a lot. Also, you could go over and check out teachhoops.com. You could make a commitment in your coaching. You could say, I'm going to become a better coach. I am going to sign up for six months. I'm going to sign up for a year. I'm going to join this community. Not only does it have resources, not only does it have other coaches, not only does it have a community, it has Coach Collins who has been successful at every level. I am going to go make that commitment to become a better coach. Go over and check it out. At the time of this, there's a 14-day free trial. I'm not sure that will be the case in perpetuity, but for right now it is. So go over and check it out. All right, let's get back to the podcast. The defense is affecting me, and the defense is drawing my attention to the ball, so I'm protecting the ball. And so I don't have the same kind of confidence when a defensive player is there as when I'm dribbling you know, in a gym by myself. Um, and so to me, the difference is – instead of eliminating all the variables of a game or all the representativeness of a game, we need to simplify. And so that means if we struggle in a five on five setting, maybe we need to play four on four. Maybe we need to play three on three, maybe two on two, maybe one on one. Maybe we need to give the players an advantage. So maybe, you know, if we're working on passing, you know, you know, a lot of times, especially with younger players, I'll do advantage passing. So, you know, typical, if you have 12 players on your team, you've got five on five, and then two players are always on offense. So now you've got a two-player advantage. So, uh, you know, somebody's always open. And so now it's a matter of I know somebody's open. I just have to find that open player. And if I do, if I do it correctly, I should be making a fairly easy pass because I'm throwing it to an open player, um, which is different than me, me and you standing across from each other and throwing the ball back and forth. Because um, at least when I, I know there's somebody open, I have to find that player and then I have to execute the pass. Now, in a game, I don't know that somebody's open, so it takes it a step further. Um, and so that's the point where we have to get to. But if we're not good at that, instead of continuing to make mistake, 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 you know, we can simplify it a little bit so that we can have some success, and then we can move back into the game and hopefully transfer some of the things that we've learned. Um, you know, but ultimately, we have to be able to do it you know, in even-numbered situations. So we go from a seven-on-five drill to maybe we go two-on-two. Right. So I know who I'm passing it to. Now I have to work on how can that player get, how can my teammate get open and how can I create a passing lane? And then it's three on three and then it's four on four. And then we're back into five on five. 
and we've worked on the different components of passing, but all of them have the representativeness of the game, even though they're missing some parts of the game because we've, you know, we're not playing five on five. We're playing maybe, or maybe we've taken away the dribble to focus on passing, you know, so it's not just like a game, but we're, we're retaining the defense. We're retaining the decision-making. We're coupling, uh, you know, the perception with the action. We're coupling, reading the floor, finding an open player, and then making the pass because ultimately in games, that's where most of the mistakes happen. You know, there's always mistakes that happen because some guy just dribbles the ball off his foot, you know, and, or makes a mistake, something like that. But most of the mistakes happen because there's defense there, um, you know, or we're rushed because of time and score. And so if we never practice these skills with defense, you know, with choices, with decision-making, with time and score, um, then we're not preparing for those situations in the game. And that's why, you know, you're here coaches in every game. We practiced this yesterday. Why are you making the same mistakes? Well, you didn't really practice it. Passing the ball back and forth, you know, with two people with no defense is not the same thing as making a post-entry pass against a, you know, a defender that's fronting and then a help side defender that's behind him. Those are two, you know, way different things. And one doesn't translate to the other. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I, I teach a lot. Of, I coach a lot of soccer, and I felt like a lot of the your philosophy and what you attack is kind of the way that a lot of people coach soccer. A lot of soccer is based on 2v2, 3v3, advantage, disadvantage. Drills are multidimensional, and, so, and then space constraints and so forth. It's a different way of looking at basketball, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, it's like a very cerebral effect on it, which I really, really thought um, – was awesome. The next question I have is, uh, you talk about the sweet spot in developing your practice, uh, practice for kids and, and other players. Could you explain that to our listeners on how important that is to finding a sweet spot in, in practice with, with the team that you're coaching? Sure. Um, that's an, that's an idea from an old Dan Coyle blog. Um, okay. he kind of turned the sweet spot and, and I mean, other people, I mean, it's, um, if you go back to literary literature, I think it's my gut. Um, Vygotsky, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably saying that name wrong, but the zone of, pro, the zone of proximal development, it's all right. talking about the same thing, which is essentially that, you know, if you have too many mistakes, you're probably not learning. If you don't have enough mistakes, you're probably not learning because you're not challenging yourself enough. So there's, you know, kind of a sweet spot in between where you're practicing something beyond your current level. So there's opportunities for learning there, um, but you're having enough success that you're actually you know, learning something worthwhile, you know? So if, if I go out, you know, and, and I shoot a hundred shots today and I miss all hundred, I'm probably not practicing anything worthwhile. You know, I'm probably shooting wrong. Uh, but if I go out and I shoot, you know, a hundred half speed right-handed layups uh, and I make a hundred, I'm probably not practicing anything worthwhile because I clearly have already, you know, mastered that skill. You know, that's, my any mistakes or any missed layups in a game are not because of my inability to make, you know, a half speed right-handed layup. Um, so somewhere in between is where we, you know, want to practice where, um, and I think Dan Coyle talks about kind of where you're successful about 60 to 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. I know there's uh, another book um, that I like, I think it's called um, Guitar Zero. And uh, the author is Marcus, I think. Um, and he talks about, four percent above your current level um which is a fairly abstract um you know way to look at it but uh you know because how do you determine four percent but um but that's the basic idea is you know you need to be practicing something that challenges you uh but the challenge can't be 
uh, too great. You know, you don't, so, you know, I mean, another way to look at it is the, um, uh, I can't think of the, the research, the psychological term, but basically, um, if you're practicing things that are too easy, you get bored. If you practice things that are too hard, you get frustrated. So right. There's the sweet spot. Um, but don't you think the sweet spot is ultimately demand, uh, dependent on how well the coach uh, kind of develops a growth mindset in his players um, and, and in the team that he's coaching? Um, you know, instead of just the, the zone of proximity of the sweet spot is great, but, you know, if the kids don't value, um, you know, learning and understanding the mistakes are going to happen, I don't think that growth traditionally actually happens within, even if you do find the sweet spot in your practice. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, with everything, there's different variables. I mean, I was talking to a girl that I just signed um, today about, you know, perfectionism and, you know, how she's a perfectionist. And that's one of the things that she has to get over to continue to improve is, you know, the willingness to make mistakes, uh, you know, in order to, to try new things and, and to get better. Um, you know, it's one of the things that I've dealt with with several of the players, you know, that I've had for the last two years, you know, that they're, that they're basically, you know, kind of perfectionists and, and uh, sometimes that limits them. Um, so yeah, I think I think creating that environment, um, you know, and and the willingness to try new things uh, definitely enhances that. Um, but I also think that you know there's tends to be too much emphasis on uh, you know perfect practice makes perfect and stuff like that. For and, sure. You know, with that mentality, if you, if you take that uh, mentality to the logical end. Well, the easiest way to be perfect is to do something that I'm already good at. And if I'm doing something that I'm already good at, am I really learning something? Um, you know, am I really improving? If, you know, if, if I'm a hundred percent free throw shooter and I keep shooting free throws, you know, am I improving? You know, I've already, I've already mastered the shot. Uh, you know, I need to try something else. Um, you know, so I think, you know, you know, that's basically the idea um, behind the sweet spot is, is finding something and, you know, I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, kind of the, the psychological literature or the psychology literature as well, um, you know, theoretically, practicing the sweet spot should be uh, more motivating than practicing something that's too hard or too easy. Now, there's also, you know, some people are conditioned, um, you know, or, or learn at an early age that making mistakes is bad, you know, and they're used to always getting punished for mistakes and then they're scared to make mistakes. So then, you know, they look for, um, you know, kind of easy, easy drills or easy things to do because they don't want to make mistakes. Um, you know, and that certainly happens, you know, I know I've commented on it before, you know, uh, how often when you do, um, you know, basic ball handling drills, you know, in a camp setting or something like that, um, you know, where there's a, a huge variance in skill level and the player who's worst, you know, or last coming in, let's say you have them go from baseline to baseline doing whatever kind of drill you want to do, straight line drill, you know, let's say, you know, typical camp, you've got whatever, 20 kids, you've got four lines, five kids in a line, you know, whoever's last, uh, you know, as, as they see that the coach is kind of waiting for them, instead of finishing the drill, they'll oftentimes pick up the ball and walk to the end of the line. Why? Because they don't want to, they don't want to stand out. They don't, they don't want to, they have that kind of fear of failure, fear, fear of, um, you know, being noticed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, and they're looking for something easier. And in that case, the easier thing is just pick up the ball and walk, um, instead of fighting through and overcoming, you know, the adversity of, you know, being not as good as the other kids, you know, at that point and trying to really learn and master. Now, some, some children take the other approach. They don't care about anybody else and they're going to take their time and they're going to, 
do the drill. And if it takes them 10 minutes longer than everybody else, it doesn't matter. They're going to do it because they want to learn how to do it. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of the mentality that we hope to develop or nurture uh, in children. And I think, I think it tends to be there inherently. And I think we as adults uh, oftentimes drive it out of children because most coaching tends to focus on mistakes um, and correction um, as opposed to, you know, finding something that's good or right in what a player is doing um, and building on that. Um, you know, we tend to focus on what's wrong or what needs to be fixed. Um, and so children kind of learn that, you know, they want to avoid, you know, these mistakes. And, and so they find ways around it, um, you know, and then, and that then impedes their learning. Yeah, um, for sure. I, that's well said. Uh, so, you know, the one thing that, you know, I think a lot of times, especially younger coaches and, and, and kids that are youth, youth coaches, they really uh, work on skill development. But your, your look towards skill development is a, a lot different. Um, uh, could you uh, talk about that a little bit and your approach to skill development? Because most coaches do most skill development in isolation where if you're going to work on layups, you're going to work on layups. And if you're going to work on ball handling, you're going to do ball handling, you know, and uh, that's only good. You're only doing one isolation of one skill. And you kind of talked about that earlier in the interview, but could you elaborate a little bit on uh, skill development and how, how you look at it a little bit differently? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> I mean, if, I think more or less my entire practice is skill development. Excuse me. It's just a matter of, you know, what skill we're, we're working on. Right. You know, cause, cause to me, to me, like when we scrimmage and we do a time scrimmage and we work on end of game situations, we're working, that's skill development. We're working on the skill of how to manage, you know, a game. But in terms of, you know, the more quote unquote, more fundamental uh, mm-hmm. type skills. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, things we do almost every day at practice, we, you know, we're a big pick and roll team. We play two on two almost every day in practice. That's our, you know, to me, that's skill development, you know, cause uh, you know, we're working on, uh, you know, passing, against defense we're working on reading screens we're working on ball handling you know we're working on shooting we're working on finishing um finishing off dribble finishing off um you know the catch etc cetera, etc cetera. um you know so to me that's skill development I mean, we're doing you know we're in our off season right now we're doing quote-unquote skill workouts because uh you know i mean i'm losing eight of my 11 players uh and i mean almost we do a couple uh, time shooting drills uh without defense and pretty much everything else is is competitive, and and to me, it's all skill development. Um, right. You know, we do we we do a, a half hour session each week where I work individually with players, um, and so uh, you know, which I think would be a little bit more what most people kind of think of as skill development. And you know, in that half hour, we kind of focus on one or two things, and you know, that's where if you know a player needs to kind of make changes to their shot, that's what that's what we're doing in those sessions or, you know, we're getting specific with how we, you know, pick up the basketball to finish or, you know, we try to explore different finishes or, you know, it kind of just depends on the individual player. But uh, most of our uh, skill work involves defense, whether we're doing advantage drills, um, you know, so if we're, if, you know, like last, uh, last week, you know, we were playing two on two and the finishing was horrible. Um, So I stopped it and instead of moving on to what we had planned to do next, um, we went into, you know, a, a one-on-one uh, advantage drill with one waiting in the paint as a help defender. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and worked on finishing that way. Um, you know, so, because to me, 
you know, especially, you know, it's different with beginners, but um, once players have a basic grasp of, you know, the concepts of the game and, 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 you know, they can bounce a ball, they can get the ball up on the rim. uh, Again, most mistakes happen because of the decisions that we make, which are, um, and the speed of the game. And both of those are influenced, especially by uh, the defense. Um, And so, practicing you know everybody talks about we need to practice game speed all right you know i mean you just hey everybody i hope you enjoyed that podcast if you did please go over and leave that five-star review on itunes stitcher spotify acast wherever you listen to these podcasts also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better it is my baby Um, learn all my secrets of how i was able to win 80% 80% of my high school games, three state titles, multiple conference championships. Um, let me help you through this great journey we call coaching. All right, have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.